Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You're listening to the British Ice Hockey Podcast, available every week on Audio Boom, the iTunes Store, and from BritishIceHockey.co.uk. So, Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. A bit of a condensed show this week. Uh, we thought it'd be good to get back in touch with you all, dear listener, as we head into 2020, good and proper, and have a bit of a festive catch-up with all the results that's been going on in the Elite Ice Hockey League, as well as the National Ice Hockey League. And uh, joining me now for this little condensed version of the British Ice Hockey Podcast this week, we're joined once again by the welcome return of legend mr craig anderson hello craig how are you oh, oh that's high praise indeed i'll take that thank you very much yeah, yeah i'm good ben thank you yeah happy new year happy new year to you and, and a merry christmas and, and all that palaver uh well we're back <laughs> and uh well to be honest the, the players and the fans and the coaches and uh, the volunteers they never went away really it's been a very very hectic period of matches and action on the ice and uh, where should we start should we start with top of the table and uh, what's been going on in the elite ice hockey league and heading out of the festive period currently top of the table we've got the Sheffield Steelers it wasn't a 100% record over the festive period but it's been an impressive end of December for Sheffield uh, beating the Storm twice and near neighbours Nottingham too it's been all right hasn't it for, for Sheffield Certainly is, but, you know, three wins out of four, um, you know, seven points out of eight is not a bad return um, from Aaron Fox's side. They've been going really well. We've been saying that quite a lot recently with the Steelers. They've had ongoing injury problems, which makes their achievement all the more impressive. Although I think I, I hit a few, a few nerves with my uh, my prediction that Andrew Lord should be coach of the year. Maybe that's something we can talk about a little bit later. But no, let's take nothing away from, from Steelers and the fact they've had a fantastic festive period. Um, getting the wins they have done, shutting out Manchester in that first game and beating them on the road the night after. And then, as you touched on, Ben, the two games against Nottingham Panthers, always hotly contested. Always worth uh, mentioning Brendan Connolly. Um, that's a 20-game streak now where he's scored at least a point in every game. 
um, which is quite an impressive run. When you consider that this is a guy who, uh, in his 30s, you know, maybe maybe heading towards the latter end of his career, he got a really serious injury um, playing in his last game for Glasgow Clan last year, um, has come back and has really you know, got back into form, and I think that's absolutely fantastic. But you have to say, the Steelers being where they are, is actually deserved, and on, on the form they are at the moment, they're going to take uh, some stopping, but there are teams with games in hand on them, and I think that's why it's going to make it a little bit more interesting as the weeks go on. And, uh, you know, we've, we've touched upon the, the amount of goals that, that Sheffield score, but to score 16 in, in four matches isn't bad, is it, really? Not bad, and I think the fans will be quite happy with that as well. You're getting four goals a night, so we always talk about value for money and being entertained. Well, if you're getting four goals off your team um, over those nights, then you can't really complain. Value for money, good for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, let's talk about your blog piece then. And uh, <laughs> It's like Reg Rad to a bull, I suppose. Uh, Andrew Lord <laughs> at Cardiff. Um, Cardiff obviously sitting uh, second in the league table, uh, three points off top spot, but they have got four games in hand. Their uh, Christmas period, a shootout win over for Guildford in Surrey, then beating them in Cardiff on the 28th uh, by five goals to four and beating Coventry at Coventry on New Year's Eve, but then losing on New Year's Day at home to, to Coventry. Mixed bag of results there for, for Cardiff, but uh, let's talk about that that festive period for, for the club. It, it's not been too bad. They've, they've kept relatively in touch with Sheffield. No, absolutely. And I think it's not a bad thing to, to have come out of the festive period with, you know, you're talking the same number of games as Sheffield, four games, but Cardiff have come away with a point less, which is why there's a three-point gap at the top of the table as opposed to two. My maths is absolutely spot on. Um, so, you know, not greatly, not a great deal of disappointment. I think Andrew Lord was disappointed with the manner of their defeat on New Year's Day um, against the Coventry Blaze to be shut out at home uh, 5-0 to a team sitting in mid-table. Coventry have picked up a little bit. They're, they're in a bit of a stride at the moment, so good for them. Um, but you know, Andrew Lord was you know quite unhappy with that, quite unhappy with the, the manner of, of the team's defeat. You know, maybe they're not quite the finished article yet, Cardiff. Despite what I said in my blog earlier this week, and of course that was just typical. I write something like that, and then and Cardiff have a have a bit of a stinker in that respect. But there's so much they can take from the form they've been on. The form they've been on has been absolutely phenomenal. Five straight league wins, um, six wins up to New Year's Day. You can't be too disappointed, Cardiff fans. I think, you know, you, you've maybe lost a little tiny bit of ground on Sheffield, but again, those games in hand are going to make a difference when it comes to further down the line. Belfast Giants are in third position. Uh, they're five points off top spots. So they have two games in hand. Belfast, uh, over the festive period, uh, wasn't uh, 100%, but it wasn't too far off. Three victories for Belfast. Yeah, and it was, you know, it was Scottish opposition they were up against. They played the Glasgow clan home and away. And then um, just this past week there, they played Dundee uh, home and away. And again, six points from a possible eight. Not too bad. It keeps them in touch with those other teams at the top of the table. You have to say they were excellent against the Glasgow clan in their two games. Clans run of form really um, causing some problems and causing a bit of worry for, for the fans and everybody associated with the club, which I'm sure we'll get to in due course. But take nothing away from Belfast. They, they have a unit there that, that's working, that's scoring goals. Um, the likes of David Goodwin on target. Richard Palmberg was a, a player who impressed me. I saw him in the the first game against Glasgow in, in Belfast. I saw the, the webcast and um, Ricard was absolutely superb. He got a hat-trick that night and followed that up with an assist. Played a big part in the victory in Glasgow a night or two later as well, where the Giants won 4-1 as well. Then Belfast come to, to Dundee just before the new year and get beat 6-3. Mm. Um, you know, we've spoken for weeks about Dundee and the form they've been on recently. And wow, you know, they, they pulled that one out of the bag on the back of uh, victories they had prior to that. But um, Chip Belfast got that back. Um, on the 2nd of January with a 3-2 win. David Goodwin getting the winner late on as well. 
So Adam Keith would have been keen to to get the victory back after losing that one previously, and a three-two win keeps them in touch at the top of the the table. Now, as we head into the second half of the season, Nottingham are just a bit behind uh, the league leaders. They're on thirty-six points. Do you reckon that's the cut-off point, Nottingham Panthers now, or, or do you reckon it can go down to Guildford when it comes to the league title? Well, if you look at the table, Guildford, as we speak, are two games in hand and three points behind Nottingham. I would still say Guildford have still got a big part to play in this. It's not beyond the realms of possibility that Glasgow or Coventry can go on a bit of a run and start bothering those other teams. But no, I would say down to fourth or fifth is, is where the cut-off is. I think that's where you're going to see the league winners from. My own choice is Cardiff Devils um, for, for reasons I think I've outlaid earlier on. But Guildford and Nottingham in that kind of mid-table position, they're going to be hard to shift from there. You know, they're, they're two very good and formidable teams on, on any given night, as we've spoken about quite a lot this year. I'd like to see Coventry finish a bit higher up there, a team that has been a little bit bereft. But Danny Stewart's you know, do, doing a good job. He's done it gradually. It's not been, you know, the, the success hasn't come quickly, but I think people can see that there's a gradual improvement on them. I think there was rumour that he was going to be offered a contract extension, which, if true, uh, is absolutely fantastic. So good for him if he gets that. But no, I think down to fifth, as things currently stand, it is, as you, as you put it, a cut-off point. Now let's talk about Nottingham and Coventry uh, for the uh, next bit. Around Christmas Day, on, on Boxing Day, uh, and on the Saturday after Christmas, uh, Nottingham Panthers and Coventry went head-to-head, both in Nottingham and in Coventry, and there wasn't too much separating the two sides. Were, were there uh, some some cracky scorelines? 5-4 to Nottingham after overtime on Boxing Day, and then on Saturday, uh, Nottingham uh, beat Coventry 4-3 after overtime. Uh, Nottingham then followed that up on New Year's Eve with a defeat against Sheffield but then as we mentioned earlier they beat Sheffield after overtime on New Year's Day by three goals to two. So Nottingham they're proving they're determined. The best way I can describe Nottingham is they're a team you can never ever underestimate. Even if they're going through a run of form where they can't pick up a result or or anything like that, they can always turn it on in any given night. And that's long before you know, that was way back in the Corey Nielsen era. Um, they were that kind of team you could find. You know, I mean, this happened uh, with uh, Clan one night. Clan were winning three 0 one night, and next thing you know, Panthers were right back at them. They got they got a goal straight away. Next thing you know, the momentum switches, and that's the kind of team Nottingham Panthers are. They're, they're very capable of that. So you know, to, to get what they got against the, the Coventry Blazers over those two games. It was absolutely superb. They had to battle for it, no doubt about it. The two overtime wins. Sam Hare is outstanding. What a terrific player he is. A great pick-up from, from Tim Wallace. He got the four goals in the, the first of those two games against uh, Coventry. And then, you know, come up coming up against the Sheffield Steelers, those games can go either way. So, not really a big surprise that they, they lost the first one, but won the, the second one um, after overtime as well. Another couple of goals from Hare. Three points, two in an assist. As well, so Hare's in a great, great run of form in terms of goals and scoring right now. The kind of guy you can rely on, um, I think Nottingham have come to to realise with him. So for them, it'll be a case of long may it continue. They'll still have their eyes further up the table. Whether they can push into that top three, we'll have to to just wait and see. Yes, and uh, when it comes to the other team who you talked about in that mid-table pack who could have a a good second half of the season and and get towards top end is Guildford. Uh, Guildford, we mentioned the the two defeats to Cardiff. Obviously, one of them wasn't following a shootout, of course, on on Boxing Day. On on New Year's Day, Guildford did beat the Manchester Storm at Altrincham by four goals to three after overtime, but then were beaten uh, just last night on on Thursday uh, by two goals to one back in Surrey. So uh, not the best of festive periods for Guildford, I suppose, is, is what we could say there. No, no, four defeats in their last five, now a bit of a concern. But again, we're seeing this again from, from teams in this league where they can go on a fantastic run. 
hey, you and I have kept Gil for so much in the last few weeks that it's only natural that now they've had a bit of a, a, a dip in form and results may be going against them. They got a point from Cardiff in the, in the first of those two games, uh, the doubleheader over Christmas. They would have been disappointed not to have got um, both sets of points against Manchester. The second game on the, the second was much closer, I'm led to believe. I didn't see it, but... Uh, you know, when somebody like Jared Olin can uh, settle things with a power play goal, then it's going to be tricky to, to get that one back. Paul Dixon won't be panicking. He knows this team inside out. He knows the players and I mean what they're all about. You know, it's a blip. It's a blip. They'll certainly be in, the, for me, they'll be in the top half of the table come the end of the season. But, you know, this little run of form right now isn't too good for them. They've got a tough game against Sheffield coming up this weekend um, before they, they, they go home to take on the Dundee Stars. So they'll be looking at four points and and getting back on track as quickly as possible. Uh, Coventry are in six, and uh, as you mentioned earlier, Craig, you know, D- Danny Stewart there is doing a good job. Uh, when it comes to the team currently sitting in seventh in the league table, that's the Glasgow clan currently. Um, for Glasgow over the festive period, uh, a game on, on Friday, they were beaten, uh, well, we covered these off earlier, didn't we? They were beaten both home and away by Belfast, but a better result on New Year's Eve, beating the five Flyers by five goals to one. So so where's the clan at at the moment? Obviously, the, the injuries were piling up, I think we could say, at the end of 2019. So, so where are they heading into 2020? Well, injuries and illness, I should point mm. out as well, have been a problem. Clan are still icing up to four guys missing uh, per night. Um, but the win against Fife on Hogmanay was, was one they badly needed. Um, I think it came against a Fife team who... I'm, I'm trying to think of a way... I'm trying to sugarcoat this, but I don't think there's a way I can. To me, it's probably one of the worst Fife teams I've ever seen in elite league history. And I, and I don't mean that to sound disparaging against the, the club or anything like that. I just I based it on what I saw... Fight for a team that need help. For some reason, the management of the club just don't seem to be getting involved right now. Todd Duty, I said it in a couple of interviews, he needs bodies in to, to freshen things up, try and, um, try and just give them a boost, give them something, and they're not getting that. Um, but again, we'll go back to that in a second. But as for Glasgow, injury and illness has been an ongoing issue with Zach Fitzgerald. We've also had to deal with the fact that Scott Jacklin has left the club. Um, he's he's left after only 12 games for personal reasons um, it's very much his decision I spoke to him about it um, for the club as well so very much his decision to move on I said in the past about how Zach needs help with that team but he, he told me the other night he's, he's very happy with this team he's very happy with the guys he's got there just results were going against them they got to the point they'd lost 10 out of 11 going into the fifth game in Hogmanay so it's, it's still a work in progress, this clan team. I think once they start seeing guys coming back from injury and illness, um, there, there could be an improvement. We'll have to wait and see. There is going to be some tough games coming up, including that Challenge Cup semi-final doubleheader against Sheffield. There's a couple of league games with Sheffield coming as well. So, you know, as Tesco, it doesn't come much harder than that. But that's certainly a, a confidence-boosting win, in that one, and to end 2019 and start 2020, hopefully, um, on the best possible foot. Obviously, when we talk about the the three teams uh, down at at the bottom, Five Flyers on twenty four after thirty games, Manchester Storm on twenty four after thirty games. They're currently ninth, um, but it was a good festive period for the Dundee Stars because they've they've clawed back a a few points with those those two wins over Five. Yeah, I kept saying as well that any time Dundee won, you found that Manchester were winning and Fife were winning above them, so they weren't really making any headway in, in trying to claw back that deficit. But my goodness, they certainly did that with uh, four points against the Five Flyers over the Christmas period, which obviously bridges that gap somewhat. Um, then they got the, the away victory in Belfast, a little bit unexpected, and then sucker punched in the, the second game with Belfast as well. So I think New Year was a lot better um, for the Dundee Stars, as it's you know much better than it had been previously. 
with so many games lost on the trot, they needed something. They brought in a couple of bodies to change things up. Matt Carter, former Nottingham Panthers man's come in. He's uh, already started weighing in with a few points as well. So that could make the difference. And that's just, just what I talked about with Fife. They're looking for something similar. Get a couple of bodies in, just give the, the team a bit of a boost. And I think Dundee have got that so far. And Omar Pasha, no, no, Mar, as I do, you'll be absolutely delighted, and he certainly would have uh, sank a couple of nice little drinks in New Year to celebrate. And uh, when it when it comes to those two teams currently sitting outside the playoff positions, they're both going to be wanting to to get the odd wins, that, like the Storm beating Guildford, for example, and just clawing in the likes of of Fife the way they have done, and Glasgow, dare I say it, and and Coventry, and and the like. It is it is possible. Nothing nothing's out of the question at this stage of the season. No, definitely not. Not with a team like Manchester. They have in that team that maybe consistent has gone against them quite a lot this year um, but you know as you rightly say Ben they are picking up points they got the, the victory over Guildford um, on the second there but that came on the back of a five game winless run but they had picked up a couple of points in between as well so if they can keep calling points back and you know just edging that little bit closer it's, it's going to make life interesting unless Fife can, can really start motoring and, and get the changes they need or, or just start, you know, find that spark that's been missing from that team it's going to be a real, real um, race for, for the playoffs when it gets to sort of a couple of months' time when you know every point really does become a prisoner. And uh, let's talk about the matches then for this weekend. And uh, the one that screams out to me at the moment, based on the discussion we just had, Craig, is Fife hosting Glasgow on, on Saturday night. That's going to be a, an epic game, isn't it? Uh, we've also got Manchester hosting Cardiff, Nottingham hosting Dundee, Sheffield will be hosting Guildford, and Coventry will be travelling to Belfast. And then the matches... Uh, on Sunday, uh, Belfast hosting Coventry again, uh, Nottingham travelling to Manchester, Cardiff hosting Fife, Guildford hosting Dundee and Glasgow hosting the Sheffield Steelers. Um, some very, very interesting games there as we head into 2020, good and proper. I mean, what, what, what apart from Fife against Glasgow, which which ones are you looking forward to the most, Craig? I think that the two games with Guildford could be interesting, especially the first game when they're away at Sheffield Steelers. They, they've had that little slump in form as we talked about having lost four of their last five, if they can get a victory there. And let's be honest, the Fly DSA Arena is not the easiest of places to get points. You know, that could kickstart them again. And then they're at home to Dundee um, on Sunday. And again, you know, a Dundee team that have, have found a way to win again recently. So they could be interesting ones for Paul Dixon's team. That could see them maybe close the gap on Nottingham, depending on what they do um, against Dundee on Saturday, then away in Manchester um, on Sunday. But you know what, it's it's always too tight to call and we're looking at these fixtures now and it's not one if I was a betting man, I would I could confidently walk into a bookmaker's and, and make a bet <laughs> and be quite happy that I would come away with any winnings. I think I'd, I'd be as well just handing my cash in and walking out. Yeah, that, that, and that's just the Elite League. Uh, what about the National <laughs> Ice Hockey League? I mean, that's uh, that's certainly heating up, isn't it? Telford Tigers uh, heading into 2020 with a five-point lead up at the top over the Swindon Wildcats. Uh, Telford are on 47 points. They have a game in hand as well over Swindon. Uh, Telford with a, a 4-2 win uh, against Leeds on the 28th. Uh, they were beaten by Milton Keynes, though, uh, in their last outing on, on the 29th. So they've not had it all their own way. Swindon picked up uh, a good win over Bracknell, uh, but that followed up a defeat on Boxing Day to the Basingstoke Bison. Uh, they picked up a win at the Raiders on Sunday, uh, beating them by four goals to one. Uh, but then were beaten uh, in the return match against Basingstoke by four goals to three. So it's a bit of a uh, two steps forward, two steps back there for, for Swindon. I think it's like that with a lot of teams in, in, in that league in particular. But yeah, for Swindon, you know, in the back of uh, um, Telford losing to, to Milton Keynes on the 29th, they would have looked at that, that home game against Basingstoke on New Year's Day 
to try and close that gap a little bit and it hasn't quite worked out. There's still a five-point gap between them. Telford still have that, that game in hand as well. They would have put a little bit of pressure on Telford had that one come off, but not to be. You know, Basingstoke getting that result and, and they need that as well, of course. Basingstoke haven't, haven't been doing that well um, recently. But, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those leagues that's really hard to call and when you see Swindon going down to, to a team like Basingstoke and, and how hard, you know, it can be just when they, they see a little glimmer of light when they can close a gap and it's, it can be very frustrating that you've maybe missed an opportunity and with Telford having that five-point lead, they'll, they'll be, it'll feel like a victory for them, that one, insofar as the team, the closest rivals, didn't get the victory. So it's, it's really hard one. Yeah, and I was I was trying to you know because I always look for a team who who've had a flawless weekend and and, and but but no one's had a flawless uh, couple nope, of few no, games so it's uh, I suppose what we can highlight is that is the big games uh, for scoring wise uh, Milton Keynes Lightning six Peterborough Phantom seven um, a remarkable game there after overtime uh, Basie Stoke beating the Raiders on the twenty eighth by six goals to five again an overtime win there Bracknell Bees beating these Chiefs on the twenty ninth by eleven goals to one and it's not been the best of weekends for, for Lee's Chiefs has it? They were beaten 9-2 by the Sheffield Steel Dogs as well so mixed bag of results there across the league. What, what's your sense on, on the general direction for, for, for these teams at the moment? We've talked about the top end but now you know when you look at the, the middle to bottom end of the table I am a bit concerned about Leeds Chiefs. Um, the, the defeats are getting a little bit heavier now you, you mentioned it there um, losing 11-1 to Bracknell and then 9-2 to Sheffield Steel Dogs on New Year's Eve. That's a bit of a concern. I think there's a bit of a threadbare team that Sam Zajac's got to work with. Um, their return their um, return home um, is, is imminent, so I, I dare say they've got the, the, the 2020 calendars already marked with that date. They, they'll be counting the days until they can go home um, in, in the truest sense. So it's a, quite, quite a learning curve for Sam Zajac right now um, with that run of form. So a bit of a concern. Milton Keynes climbing the table. I said they would do that if they could keep the run going. They certainly have. They haven't had a flawless um, festive period, certainly. I think it's like three wins out of four. Just when I scanned the results here just now, so fantastic for them. I had a feeling they would do that eventually. Bracknell right behind them, four points behind, but they've got a game in hand, can close the gap. Sheffield Steel Dogs, you know, you remember they started so well at the start of the season. They just can't get any momentum at all. They... He split a couple of games with the Hull Pirates, one at home and then lost away from home. But then that heavy victory over Leeds Chiefs keeps them um, just their noses in front. But Milton Keynes are very much breathing down their necks. Hull Pirates kind of seem to be lodged in that, that mid-table position as well. They, again, consistency. Um, consistency is an issue for a lot of the teams in this division. So, you know, there's no easy games. And again, it goes back to my remark about, you know, walking into a bookmakers and being confident of making a bet. You can't do it in this league either. Um, if you think the elite league's tight, this one for me is, is even tighter. I was going to say about uh, Leeds's uh, new home, there was a picture I saw just over, just before New Year of, of the inside of the new arena at, uh, at Ellen Road. And it looks it looks superb, doesn't it? It must be. Everyone, sure does, yeah. Everyone ex- should be very, very excited about that when it comes to uh, ice hockey in West Yorkshire. Um, matches then this, this weekend... And uh, Peterborough taking on Telford is is a massive banana skin there. Uh, third hosting first. Um, uh, Swindon Wildcats, though, have their own banana skin on Sunday. Uh, they'll be travelling to the Hull Pirates. Um, another big game which stands out is the Raiders against the Leeds Chiefs. Um, that's a, a very, very important game for Leeds to try and claw that gap with the rest of the division. Uh, we've also got a mid-table ding-dong between Sheffield and Basingstoke on Sunday. And uh, 
uh, Milton Keynes Lightning against Hull Pirates as well, because Milton Keynes are starting to motor a bit, aren't they? So uh, mm. some, some big games this weekend. Yeah, there certainly is. The, the Milton Keynes Hull one, that leapt out at me there. And I think for me, that could be game of the weekend. Basingstoke and Peterborough could also be an interesting one as well. I think that's third versus fourth. I don't have the table to hand. Um, so you're looking at that one. If Steel Dogs can turn it on against uh, Telford on Saturday, that could that could bring, spring a surprise. So Swindon will be looking to capitalise on that when they host the Raiders. They're a team who, who as we know, have blown hot and cold throughout this season as well. So yeah, plenty of games to look forward to. Hull and Swindon on Sunday um, could be an interesting one. So many interesting games in this league. It's absolutely fantastic. Again, watching it from afar, um, it's great to see how, how this league has progressed. And I think everyone's bought into it as well. I think that's important. You know, there's always that thing in new league. Is it going to work well? Is it not? And I think it has. And I think it's worked well. Everybody's on board with it. All the fans that are loving it as well. So I think it's been a very good first season for the NIHL National League. And with so much at stake, it's really... It's really hard not to get excited for it. Yeah, and it's not just this season as well. I mean, everyone's looking forward to, you know, the running and, and April and that kind of thing. But generally, the division, I, I can't wait to look at it in about five years' time and, and see what it looks like because it, it is a step in the right direction this year and it, it's certainly living up to that expectation as well. Definitely. And, you know, bear in mind, this is the very much the remnants of the old English Premier League, which, you know, served teams so well. It was important that they, they re-established the, the step in between the NIHL and the, the Elite League. Um, I, th- I still think the step's too far between the National League and, and the IHL. Maybe that's something they'll they'll hope to bridge in, in some capacity in the future. Maybe promotion and relegation, that's a little saucy thought there. But no, I, I think in general it's been really good. Um, and as you say, Ben, it'll be interesting to see that the tapestry of this league um, over the fullness of time, once you know teams have had a couple of years to bed in, you know maybe we'll see the likes of Leeds Chiefs. You know maybe you know maybe a, t- a tough a tough one this year, but maybe in a couple of years when they're established in their own right, they'll be able to attract dare I say better players, better quality players that can handle this league. And it, there's just so much to be excited about, and I, and I think you know it's a league that can only flourish um, over the over the, the long term. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, uh, Craig, a b- big thank you for for this little walk through uh, the festive period. Uh, dear listener at home, I hope you've in, you've enjoyed that little uh, run through all the results and uh, our little chat catching up with with ice hockey. And uh, here's here's to an excellent 2020, everybody. Uh, BritishIceHockey.co.uk, the place to go for all the latest breaking news and uh, and blogs and opinion and and that kind of thing what what have you got lined up craig uh when when you're back to work next week <laughs> <laughs> well i'm actually still working on the, the piece about air uh, which i mentioned in the last podcast i'm hoping to, to get that out there in the next few days he says fingers crossed and um, we're going to keep an eye obviously on the gb teams playing the world championship duty as we record uh, the women's under 18s team um are just finished their second game um, of the championships well done in the victory over south korea um, to follow on from the disappointing overtime defeat to China. Uh, the men's under 20 starting there on Sunday, um, so I'm hoping to get a word with Martin Grubb at some point to, to get us a full preview and how the, how the mood is in the camp ahead of that first game um, on Monday, I think it is, off the top of my head. So, yeah, we're very much in the new year, but back to the old routine, as they say. Absolutely. Uh, well, Craig, a big thank you for joining us. As we said, BritishIceHockey.co.uk, the place to go to. We'll be back next week. We have a much more rounded show with loads of interviews and that kind of thing. Uh, but from everyone here at the British Ice Hockey Podcast, have a happy new year. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.